live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Monday morning. Let's kick off the week this July 25th, 2022 in the capital city with 69 degrees and some rain moving into the area from the south has been given the uh southern part of the state a good shower and expect to get some of that here today as well and (laughs) as you heard there in the weather forecast it may not be getting a whole lot warmer than this throughout the course of the day today which won't be too bad too bad whatsoever so a good week of weather coming up for the capital city 70s today 80s through the rest of the week probably won't see 90s again until sunday or monday got a good show for you today it is a monday morning so we've got to get through all the stuff that happened this weekend that's going to impact you and your week in the news uh caleb with sports here we got a new poll out from big 10 media days coming up the cleveland plain dealer always puts out their big 10 poll we'll let you know how nebraska is doing in that fresh this morning fresh as of uh, a couple hours ago eve of big 10 media days yep uh big 10 media days getting kicked off so we'll delve into that a little bit here this morning maybe caleb and i'll make our picks as well uh we also we're going to talk to tim haruza our a uh, friend of the show always talks about Nebraska news and politics with us, so he'll join us at 810, and we're going to uh, hear about an event coming up, too, uh, at 835 this morning in the Capital City that you may be very interested in. So we've got all of that coming up today. We're going to start with Mark's top story. Today, you already heard him tell us a little bit about it, but there has been an arrest made over the weekend in the Branched Oak Homicide uh, Mark, what uh, what more do we know now than we did on Friday when we left this place? Together? Well, the suspect arrested was a twenty six year old, a twenty two year old Tybun Rick. He was arrested Saturday night about nine fifteen. Sheriff's office, state patrol, Lincoln police uh, supported the effort. Twenty six hundred block of O Street, the area at vape store. Um, they they found him, and how you know they haven't released a lot of the information. Hope to get more this morning, but he was taken into custody without incident, charged with first-degree murder, um, use of a firearm to commit a felony, possession of a deadly weapon by a prohibited person, terroristic threat. So uh, we'll see how uh, much more we learn at briefing. So, so obviously nothing then on kind of the, the motive or the backstory or anything else not, about what had happened here or any connection to any other events. No, they're still investigating uh, all of that. So, uh, again... This was a, a standard form news release that came out late yesterday afternoon, okay. and uh, we'll get a chance at a briefing this morning. I'm sure Sheriff uh, Wagner will be there to answer some additional questions. Now, help me remember, are there is is there still an open homicide uh, case here or, or attempted homicide case here in the capital city where there hasn't been an arrest? Well, the the one where there was four sh- the four people shot. That's they're still looking for that. Okay. So no update over the weekend on that. No. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there we go. So we've got uh, we've gotten arrest, and we were talking about how we thought maybe when we got back from the weekend, we would know a little bit more about what is going on there. But hard to say a whole lot more at this point until we hear it from police, other than that they've got somebody that they think may be, uh, may be connected, maybe the party who is responsible for this. And uh, we'll probably hear more from police a little bit later today. It, uh, the uh, Case family does have a GoFundMe um, account set up to help with final expenses, so you can find that 
at GoFundMe, and I believe we've got a link at KLIN.com as well. All right, so um, there you go. And, of course, the other big news was the La Vista man that uh, was involved in those shooting death over in Iowa of three people at... Uh, the, at, like, a state park, right? State park on the east side. My uh, goodness. 22-year-old from uh, La Vista. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, my my in-laws were here uh, this weekend up from Iowa and and uh, talked about that a little bit. But I saw those those headlines come out and uh, yeah, here we are. Here we are another, are another weekend. Whether it's in in Lincoln at Branch Oak or or nearby, uh, talking about talking about another uh, homicide investigation. And I, I uh, did talk like with uh, going on. Captain Max Hubka, um, duty command, this morning, and he said it was a fairly quiet weekend. Okay, good. That's uh, that that's good to hear after everything that's been going on, and then uh, as I indicated, uh, in terms of uh, things that are going to impact you this week here, uh, the weather and the changes that uh, kind of came through uh, after the end of the day, Saturday into Sunday, and what we're going to see now uh, looks like uh, Mark, we are on the verge of uh, a pretty rainy day here. Uh, hopefully, especially south of us. Especially south of us. Let's hope that the Lincoln Dome does not have its uh, yes. <laughs> have its walls up today. We're cheering. I mean, we are cheering against, even though we tell you what the Lincoln Dome is, tongue-in-cheek. We're hoping that it allows some rain to fall here, maybe get a nice, I don't know, half inch of rain during the day today, possible uh, with with this. But, yeah, you've already got that that part of, uh, as I said, near the Kansas border and just north of there that have already gotten uh, a decent soaking here this morning. As I pull up radar right now, Mark, uh, and take a look at it, the storms, uh, the precipitation is just... Just starting to cross into the southern part of Lancaster County, uh, maybe South Lincoln seeing a little bit right now. But it's a big, I mean, it is a big uh, area of storms that almost goes all the way down to Louisville, Kentucky uh, from central Nebraska. And so kind of the west end of this group, it's pushing fairly slowly to the north-northeast here at this point, and it's it's built back quite a decent amount. And so once the rain starts here, oh, I would say within the next half hour in most of Lincoln, it's it's probably going to continue. It doesn't look like a lot of real heavy stuff, any kind of severe stuff here, but it looks like it's going to be around probably for much of the morning into the at least the early afternoon once it gets started here yeah, today. No, no severe weather with this one. This is just going to be, I mean, you could have a, a few uh, lightning bolts and some thunder in some of the heavier pockets, but uh, nothing severe, yeah. uh, that whole area. So this is a fairly major cold front, um, you know, kind of clashing with stationary front right in our area, and that's why it's uh, kind of, you know, right here. <laughs> Bring it on. And that's why we only have like uh, two, three more degrees to get up to here the rest of the, the day. Uh, we've, it looks it, like. It sounds like we've already hit our high. Yeah, we, uh, we, okay, midnight. Great. Midnight, it was 75. Wait, we, we're not going back. Are we going back over 70 here during that? We're at 69 Pro- right probably, now. Probably not. That's amazing. Yes. I'm just going to get a lawn chair. I'm going to set it in my backyard. I'm going to sit. I'm just going to breathe in the rain and the smell of the rain throughout the entire afternoon. Take some hot chocolate out there or something like that and really really soak this you getting in. pumpkin spicy maybe Uh-oh. i don't know Uh-oh. oh no <laughs> oh no i haven't seen any on the shelves yet i haven't seen a nary a nary a pumpkin spice or an oktoberfest beer or a candy corn anywhere yet what are you doing grocery stores uh, i'll grab yourself a bud orange and you'll be good <laughs> set to go i know there are some people just rolling their eyes at us mentioning Pumpkin spice, but but them's the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> did you did, did the you, amount of times I said that up in Minnesota? By the that way, that was guys. the break. You're quoting Boris Johnson <laughs> the, up there. The, the, well, my dad sometimes he'd get a fish all the way up, yeah. and he'd go, "Oh, never mind, lost." And I go, "Them's the breaks." <laughs> yeah, did, did, did you, you tell him? The I, I explained it, no, so he no, he'd true. laugh, and the oh, the other people on the boat are like, "I don't know what you guys are saying." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Boris Johnson on his final farewell speech quote like terminator also yeah he was doing more of that we need to get some of the audio from that final speech that he made he was still doing it again after that whole thing was uh after that whole thing was over uh all right uh mark anything else going on from uh local news here that we need to mention here this morning not really i did have the uh rob dover was appointed to fill the unexpired term of that's right yeah Uh, so that's uh district 19 uh, businessman, entrepreneur up there in uh, Norfolk. So that's, right. that's, you know, that's and about it. No real news on a special session. No, it's, uh, it's, you know, no, no particularly news news on, um, what's happening with some of the ballot initiatives that we're watching for here to figure out if they get the signatures certified. So we're, that's something that we're still waiting on here in Nebraska. You did, you did, it was interesting. You reported, uh, this morning on, uh, potentially getting the fairness ordinance back on the ballot. The group here. let Lincoln vote. Let Lincoln vote. You know, I was, I was driving on, uh, I went out. The street. I, I went out by uh, College View on Sunday morning and uh, or Sunday almost early afternoon. And, uh, you know, they've got the farmer's market out there. That's right. a very popular farmer's market. And there was a signature gatherer out there talking to people. And I was like, well, now what is that one? All the signature gathering is over at this point. And I realized when you did that story, that's probably what that was, was trying to get signatures to get that back on the vote. But the interesting thing about this one is you've got... At least some people, not I, I mean, I'm not going to generalize about everyone, but some people with some some voices in the community who are part of the protected class for this ordinance, who are saying, and and you played the clip from Natalie Weiss, who um, Weiss, who has uh, been on Commander Jack's show several times, she's been on this show as well, where she basically says, "Now's not the time for this whole thing. We don't want them to do it." She's she's uh, got a letter with several signatories. Um, from, from the community who are agreeing with her and, and kind of saying the same thing from the, the, the Lincoln community and from the LGBTQ community who are saying that at this point. And so it, it's kind of an odd situation because yeah, it's, I don't know if, if, if people, so I'm not, I mean, everybody, I guess, makes their own decision, but if there are people who are trying to be sympathetic to that, community i don't know if they're they're not going to know whether to sign it or not here at this point to some degree i think yeah you've got two factions on, right. in, in in that community that disagree on it yeah yeah and and that complete interview is available at klin.com and friday i i i want maybe I'd, I'd get natalie on this show but 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 i am still curious i still think there's a solution here to this thing that virtually n- nobody talks about and that is what you do when you've got people who disagree on legislation and you have some conversations and you have you tweak tweak the thing and yep. if if you if you take out the bathroom stuff out of this thing i think it changes i'm not it's not going to pass 100% i'm not saying that but it changes the entire discussion around this whole thing yeah that seems you to take be the, the bathroom and the the and and make clear the exceptions for churches and which 
I think are, I mean, I, I can't talk to this very well as somebody who's not in the community, but it's, it seems to me it's a smaller, that is a smaller portion of what the impact of this would be than a lot of the other stuff. And you take that stuff out uh, or you, you sort of reword it, you make some of it closer to what Omaha has at this point, and I think you probably get the thing passed. Not again, not unanimously, but you probably get the thing passed at this and point. And I think you'd probably get it I don't passed think, by the council or the people. Right. I think you get it either or. Either. Yeah. I I honestly think you would. The, I think the opposition to it would not be as, um, uh, not be quite as motivated at this point. Although you know it is, it's very motivated and organized right now and has funding at this point. I just. I think those are the areas where they're really making hay in terms of their opposition, but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like those who are who are behind it, either in in the city council or in the mayor's office, are particularly interested in doing that. And it seems like an it seems like an obvious solution for me. I, I I'd be very curious what what Natalie and those other signatories to that letter would say to something like that if they feel like it would be this same sort of untenable political battle that's that are going to have real ramifications on people here in town if you went through it with a just a slightly slightly different different version of this whole thing but i don't you know every everybody feels like they've got to have it way on the extremes these days i mean it's all or nothing for so many people for so many things these days and there's a a huge chunk of majority outside the extremes in between the extremes that it's a it's a quiet majority i think for for so many different things um as i opine a little bit there on on this whole thing just to show my true colors as it comes to a lot of things going on in politics right now uh all right uh caleb 10 media days gets going today we're kind of kind of really begin the roller coaster of news for the football mm-hmm. season once this gets started with big 10 media days because it won't be long after you finish that then you're going to get into fall practice what, well Nebr- no? nebraska talks tomorrow nebraska in talks indianapolis tomorrow. first practice wednesday right so we we are here. Fall camp is starting camp this is week. Get, be, um, you'll go. start hearing our practice reports a few times a day starting Monday. We give you guys a couple of days. Catch your breath after Big Ten Media Days. But you have that poll come out out of uh, Cleveland, um, and that's one that takes votes from across the league. So it, it's not like at times you hear from the different writers on here's how I think it's going to come out. This is actually a poll. And Nebraska's picked fifth in the West. Who bulletin board material. I don't know if that really works, but I mean, it's not surprising. The the thing about the Big Ten West is it's you you assume Wisconsin and and Iowa will probably be one, two. I was I was talking about this with our Mm -hmm. colleagues at Omaha on the air this week. You assume Wisconsin and Iowa will be one, two. But after that, it's like, I don't know. And I don't even know if I believe that about those two teams either. But you throw Purdue, Nebraska, Minnesota kind of in a hopper then after that mm-hmm. and see see who comes out out of that group but one of the things you need to do if you're really going to do an accurate prediction on this thing is take a look at the conference schedules and for once nebraska seems to be the beneficiary mm-hmm. of what the schedule makers did this yeah. year and some of the other teams iowa for instance they've got a tougher schedule here this year mm-hmm. or it appears so in in uh, the end of july yeah that's going to be one of the that's going to be one of the points that I'm watching when you do get to the point where you've added USC, UCLA. Mm-hmm. 
on how you have a true rotating schedule. I'm one that I enjoy seeing Nebraska play Ohio State. Obviously, you're doing that at a time that Ohio State is just a juggernaut in college football. The Um, Ohio State. Yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) But I enjoy seeing those matchups. I'd much rather see that than Nebraska Rutgers and Nebraska Maryland. I understand it makes your schedule a little bit easier, but when you play them so many times and your other division foes do not, mm-hmm. that's not a true rotating schedule. Correct. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. And this year, Nebraska gets the benefit. For once, yeah. Uh, four weeks from today, they uh, they have wheels up to Ireland. That's right. Four weeks from today, wheels up to Ireland for the team and uh, and Oof. the staff and everything that goes along with that. So that's how uh, that's how close we are. Yeah. By the time you uh, by the time we get here a week from now, we will be in the month of August and July will be will be wrapped up. So uh, yeah. And uh, don't. By forget- the way, Nebraska did receive vote as high as second and as low as seventh. Seventh. Really? Okay. Calm down. Calm down, Iowa media. <laughs> Calm down, Des Moines Register. Jeez. We sure no, it's probably not. It's probably those guys on that sketch comedy show, that Des Moines TV show that they like to... Oh, WHO TV? Yeah, like a Saturday Night Live style sports show with sketches. And Their sketches are pretty funny. Are. Yes, they like to poke fun at Nebraska Agree quite a disagree. bit. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Hey, it's wedding week. It's wedding week. Game week. Game week is here. Game week is here. We're we're two days out. We are two days out. Hopefully the game plan wow. is ready. Right. Hopefully you're hydrating well. Hey, I got a uh, I got one of the uh, the offensive game plans to you yesterday. Yeah, I did. It looks good. I'm studying it, going over some film, making sure I'm ready for uh, how this thing. Hope goes. you know the audibles. <laughs> got the first twenty plays scripted, and after that, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, got sacked on the first play. That script's out the window. <laughs> uh, we are approaching the best time ever on the clock. What's that? 6.30. 6.30, what? Hands down. Why is that? Oh, hands. <laughs> All right, it's 6.26. It's uh, Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, it's 637. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN on your Monday morning, July 25th, 2020. 
22. Glad to have you back with us. Whole team today together and in uh, tomorrow. And then we're going to marry Caleb off on Wednesday. And uh, we'll bring Johnny Cadillac back in. This, uh, I don't know, this radar. I don't know, guys. It seems like it's gone from what I described as north, northeast, uh, just about 15 minutes ago to more east now and just kind of sliding by the south end of Lincoln, South Lancaster County, South Lincoln here at this point. I still, it still looks like some is coming, but man, I'll tell you, how many times have you seen it? How many times have you seen it? Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot behind it. So I do not think we are going to, even looking at the radar right now, I don't think we're going to avoid that precipitation. The stuff that is, uh, just gone through Hastings coming into the Grand Island area in the next hour. Or so it looks like you're going to have some of that coming here again. Nothing, uh, severe with this. It's just a big, big green blob right now. A little bit of yellow mixed in that is moving mostly to the east with a little north in it right now, but it is, uh, skating by that south part of lincoln once again and i think the vast majority of us agree unless you're doing something uh outside today the vast majority of us agree that we would like that to uh we'd like the skies to open up a little bit today let's get that cooled down a little That'd bit be good that was one of the nice parts being in minnesota on one of the days we had a north wind come through and i went oh this is the <laughs> I stuff i haven't felt that for a while Ooh, huh? shorts and a hoodie flip-flops by the water there you go. Uh, all right, let's jump in to the sound off today. Oh boy, a lot to a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to start um, with a you know, I wouldn't say it's a story that's gripping the uh, nation right now because I think so many of us have gone through something similar ourselves or, or with uh, other people that we know. But uh, president's condition is improving after being diagnosed last week with COVID seems to be on the mend right now. President Biden, according to White House COVID response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha, is battling the very contagious BA5 variant. Dr. Jha says the president is doing well, but experienced a sore throat and body aches as of this morning, but should continue improving. The president has an upper respiratory infection. He's doing better, uh, thankfully, because he's vaccinated, boosted, getting treated. Dr. Jha was on Fox News Sunday. Part of that treatment has been the drug protocol Paxlovid. The president is scheduled to take the final of five days of doses Monday. Gernal Scott, Fox News. All right. So uh, sounds like uh, moving in the right direction there. And then uh, I thought I'd check it out kind of locally here, what some of the numbers are updated for for COVID right now. As we'd seen a bit of an uptick, but uh, again, nothing particularly severe at this point or, or way out of the ordinary or something that's really changing policy here at this point. But uh, looking at, at uh, hospital population right now in Lancaster County, you are, uh, let's see here, you've we were we were in the 40s here last week at this point, and right now when you take a look at where we are right now in terms of hospitalizations, um, we are uh, we're we're starting to creep down a little bit here. Peaked out uh, about a week ago, and and uh, down to where we were about the week before that. Right now, 45 hospitalizations right now in the capital city. So. Hopefully something that's looking good, I, and uh, I, I continue to hope this is not uh, a, <laughs> not a big thing when the school year starts here at this point. By the way, I was telling you, four weeks until Nebraska leaves for Ireland uh, today, three weeks from the first day of school for LPS and Ooh. maybe some of the area schools as well. So, yeah, there it is, three weeks of summer left. So, um, speaking of Biden, 
continuing to hear voices within uh, the Democratic Party who are saying, yeah, uh, I think we maybe need to look elsewhere given the approval ratings for Joe Biden right now if you want to have a shot at winning in 2024. Last week, the president's approval rating hitting a new low. A new Quinnipiac University poll showing just 31% approve and 60% disapprove. NPR pointing out how a growing number of Democrats are souring on President Biden. And a Washington Post op-ed goes even further, calling on the president to quit now and save the midterms with a one-term pledge, writing, quote, unless Biden announces that he is not running for re-election, this quiet campaign against him will intensify, whether it comes from people who intend to challenge Biden in the primaries in 2024 or just to flex their muscles to discourage him from running again. Honestly, uh, if he if if he's not going to, if there's a chance he's not going to or or he's close to deciding that he's not going to. And I don't know if that's true, but I kind of agree with the Washington Post there. The sooner rather than later in terms of doing that to familiarize the party and the country and, and mm-hmm. everyone with sort of, and I don't know who the front runners would be at that point. I don't know if we're talking about Kamala Harris. I don't know if we're talking about Buttigieg or Gavin Newsom. I think those are probably three of the four or five names that would probably be most frequently mm-hmm. out there with this whole thing. But boy, you, you, you got to wonder. Meanwhile, uh, Trump was, uh, was doing a rally this weekend in Arizona and he sounds like he sounds like he's still gearing up for 2024. Telling a campaign rally for Republicans in Arizona last night. In 2024, most importantly, we are going to take back our beautiful, magnificent White House. And Mr. Trump did not announce any plans, but had plenty to say about his successor. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done to our country in less than two short years. The former president repeated claims the 2020 election was stolen. Jack Callahan, Fox News. Nobody uses adjectives like President Trump. <laughs> Nobody has a... The beautiful, just, magnificent White House. I was going to say has a deeper catalog, but it's really a lot of things about being beautiful and magnificent and... Could the, uh, could the, what, I don't know, 75% of the country maybe who are not big time loyalists to either of these candidates come out and the people who lean left and the people who lean right, hypothetically, say to each other, hey, you don't run your guy. (laughs) We don't run our guy. (laughs) Would it be better for the entire country? There's a huge part of me that thinks it would. Right. And and there's also a part of me that thinks, Whichever of the parties gets away from these two guys first is going to have the upper hand going forward. And I don't know that either of them will, but goodness. So just we're going to redo this whole thing at this point. I mean, uh, I've seen this season already. Well, and this is besides that. This is always one of the issues when you come around to the presidential election and just using these as numbers. Let's say it's 20% of people vote in the the Democratic primary, 20% uh, of the nation vote in the Republican. I know that's that's high for it because you're not going to get that high of voter turnout. But then within that 20%, you're not going to get 100% of that. So let's say it was 15% for Biden, 15% for Trump. So there's 30% of the nation picked those two to run for the ballot that 100% of the nation is now voting on. Like That's always an issue, is that you already have minority groups putting together who everyone has to vote for, and you know you have to vote for one of those two. Right. 
because it as much as you want third parties to to be viable they're just not yet yeah not at this time um uh yeah it'd be nice if the loyalists would give us some some new options here mm-hmm. uh for the presidential race on on any side of this thing but i doubt it i think it's and with biden it's not so much uh, you know like diehard loyalists i don't think i think it's just more the idea of well you know if the incumbent wants to run you, you've got to get behind him i don't know if it, if, if there would be a whole lot of people in the party um who are dyed in the wool democrats who would be like oh dang you know mm-hmm. that was our i i get i get for them why he was the best the best choice had the best shot at winning in 2020 but that was kind of that was kind of the purpose and mm-hmm. to act like things are going going super well now i don't know i i, I it's, listen the the whether or not you ride or die with the approval ratings they are what they are right now yeah. and that's what an election is 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 where those approval ratings are. It just feels really hard to is. roll him out again. Yeah, I don't know who's willing, who's who, which side is willing to go away and bring in somebody. For, I mean, and listen, I'll say it: bring in somebody younger. Bring in somebody younger on on either of these things. Both sides, yeah. On on either of these sides. Um, that is that is going to be some new blood, but I don't know if any of them will. Meanwhile, now now the thing with Trump um, is if you've got, and it sounds like you've got gobs of people who are going to. We're getting the uh, we're getting the fifteen podiums up at the uh, the Air Force Base for the debates, if they even do debates. I don't know if if they will at this point, but mm-hmm. I mean everybody and their mother seems to have presidential aspirations now um, for twenty twenty four in the Republican Party including the guy who was having a rally at the same time as Trump in Arizona when he made the statements that he did. Friday, the political battling was out west in the desert and showing that the former team in the White House is not necessarily always on the same team anymore. Former Vice President Pence campaigned for Arizona gubernatorial candidate Karen Taylor Robeson, a wealthy real estate attorney and developer. Meanwhile, former President Trump also in Arizona yesterday Yesterday, campaigning for her opponent, Carrie Lake, a former newscaster in Phoenix who supported Obama and sent him money in 2008, but now, or his campaign, but now she says she's totally changed. And not to disappoint that crowd last night, Trump teased 2024. Right, which I just talked about. Can I ask a question? Who is the target voter for the Mike Pence for President campaign? Exactly. Who are we? Who are the P ones, as we would say in radio, for a Mike Pence campaign? Would it be the Never Trumpers? Uh, I don't. I mean, I no, because he's not really willing to jump on that bandwagon. He's not really willing to give them the red meat that they would want. He's talking about putting January sixth behind us and all these sorts of things. So, who are we talking to exactly? It's it's obviously not the the people who are loyal to Trump. I mean, no. To, I mean, a few of them wanted to hang him, uh, so it's not them. Trump's still speaking out against him. So who are? I mean, this screams. Maybe I'm. Maybe I am missing the mark on this, Caleb. I don't know who's going to vote for him. Like, I'm not sure who is go- going to vote for it. S- some super establishmenty people. Maybe, yeah. I could, you know, I could see like a, I could see like a, 
a Ricketts type getting behind him, maybe. I just but, feel like because because when they roll out and have that first week of uh, those first week of primaries, I don't see Pence lasting more than a week. I, I just don't I, understand who is like I, I get I can get who DeSantis is going to appeal to. I can get who to to who you know I don't know who, what other names you throw out there. Somebody who would be more overtly you know Republican but not pro Trump. Um, that that might be out there on on this. I don't know, maybe like a Chris Christie or something. I'm not, although he was, you know, part right. of his staff for a while. I don't, I don't know. But how I, much? I of, just I don't get the. I do not get the Pence candidacy. How much of that is the Republican Party, though? How much can you even get from the rest of the conservatives that that are that are not in the Trump camp? Right, right. N- I, Nikki Haley is Nikki Haley really going to get up there and on stage and debate Trump and go against? Trump? I mean. Uh, if 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 he's there and there's eight ten other candidates, it's going to be him. Yeah. I well, mean, and I, if it, you if you are a, a Nikki Haley it, or anyone else who gets up there, you have to have had prior conversations with Trump and say, "Hey, I'm doing this to boost my political profile and get more time in front of people." Right. But I'm not going to cross you. But but I'm not coming at you. Right. I'm up here for the party and for what my future gonna, could be. And maybe I'll be your vice president. Yes. Like you, you have to have those you conversations can't cross ahead him. of time. You no. can't cross. You can't cross him. <laughs> and that's just that's what it is. Them's the breaks. Like I said, let's find. Come on, parties. <laughs> let's let's get resourceful here. There are lots of there are lots of people out there in these parties. <sighs> All right, what else do we have here outside of this? Uh, bu- 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 bum. Uh, oh, this uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, maybe for a few of you who are out there. Um, so my uh, uh, we have a uh, nut allergy in our family. My son has a a pretty pretty decent nut allergy, and so it's amazing he can spend any time with you. <laughs> so every uh, every before every school year, we got to replace all of the EpiPens. Right, one at school, one in the car, one in, the, and and for a while out there. Do you know how expensive this was? And then we'd never use them. Mm-hmm. You know, thank goodness. Right. We'd never use that. Never had a reaction. But we have so many and spent all kinds of money. Well, there's been a lawsuit going on. So if you've been getting EpiPens over the last few years, you might want to take note of this. You may be able to get a little bit of a class action reward because Ooh. of some price gouging out there. The $264 million settlement agreed to by Mylan, the company that makes allergy reaction fighting EpiPens, is being awarded to those affected. Mylan made the deal to resolve claims it worked with Pfizer and other medical companies to inflate the price of EpiPens. A pair of those devices went for about $100 in 2009 and have increased in price by several hundred dollars since. The settlement is being offered to those who paid or provided reimbursement, like medical insurance companies, for EpiPens or their generic equivalent between August 2011 and November of 2020. You can find out more at EpiPenClassAction.com. So when we basically bought all Fox News. I'm gonna check that out today. <laughs> so I'm gonna check that out today it, because it, you know that's how it, you would do this. And like, well, you can't use an expired one, so you got a pile of expired ones that we paid just a ton of ton of money mm-hmm. for outside of this whole thing. So hopefully, get a little bit of a payday here with this thing. Thanks, lawyers. At least a little something back. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. So Elon Musk, uh, the the Twitter lawsuit isn't the only thing on his plate today. Apparently, but was it the Wall Street Journal? I believe the Wall Street Journal is trying to out an affair that he is having with the uh, 
Spouse of a fairly big name here on this thing. Take a listen to this. Elon Musk is calling a Wall Street Journal report alleging he had an affair with the wife of Google co-founder Sergey Brin. Total BS. The newspaper identified Musk as the reason Brin filed for divorce from his wife. Sunday night, the Tesla and SpaceX founder denied a romantic relationship with Nicole Shanahan, saying on Twitter, I've only seen Nicole twice in three years, both times with many other people around. He added, Sergey and I are friends and were at a party together last night. Musk called the Wall Street Journal sub-tabloid for running with the story on what he called third-party random hearsay. Richard Jordan, Fox News. Mm. The Wall Street Journal just really swing and miss on an affair report? Hearsay. <laughs> well, what's next? What's what Wall Street Journal going to turn into the uh, you know the gossip rags in the front of the grocery store aisles oh there at this point? <laughs> Three things: L- largest Brangelina. baby ever born, thirty-seven pounds, right? <laughs> uh, she she really thinks an alien took her husband. Let's uh, finish with a very a very nice one, a very nice one. Not in Nebraska, but this is we're celebrating wherever in the country that you are. A uh, couple celebrating a long marriage and a milestone within days of each other. June and Hubert Malakot are celebrating their 100th birthdays. His centennial on Saturday, hers 10 days earlier. And it was just a month ago that they celebrated their 79th wedding anniversary. 130 relatives, friends, and neighbors attended a joint birthday party at the Eaton Road Church of God in Hamilton, Ohio, where they first met. He was in one pew, she in another. It took only one smile, and he was smitten. As for getting older, Uber tells Fox News Digital, we just kind of live by the day, and all of a sudden we're 100 years old. Roger Stern, Fox News. Holy cow. Uber's a hell of a name. <laughs> and how about that? How about, how about, uh, in church, you maybe, uh, keep your, keep your thoughts on the sermon, not on the, uh, attractive, attractive co ed in the pew beside you, huh, Hubert? Those smiles to yourself. Huh, Hubert? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, no, it's cool. Congratulations to them. 656, that wow. is it for your sound off. It is uh, LNK Today with Jack and Friends. 69 degrees on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 658, 69 degrees in the capital city. Coming up during the 7 o'clock hour. So the uh, Big Ten media, per a poll by the Cleveland Plain Dealer a couple hours ago, put out their... Big Ten predicted order of finish today. I want to go through this with with Caleb, and I want to because I think when you sort of think through the Big Ten, or at least when I sort of think through the Big Ten West, it feels jumbled to me mm-hmm. at this point. It is hard to say. I know people was picked Wisconsin. Wisconsin was first, but it feels like it's kind of a default. I'm going to go inside some of the numbers in terms of. What each team is really bringing back and what they've added and how that plays into whether or not you agree with the media who put Nebraska fourth in the Big Ten West. Fifth. Fifth in the Big Ten West. Sorry, I had them above Purdue. They were below Purdue. Fifth out of seven in the Big Ten West. Do the numbers actually bear it out or is it hey have they gotten to the point where they're like hey it, you're gonna have to show me before i rate you any higher it's seven o'clock kli and lincoln pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me 
nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you with us. It looks like we still don't have the rain falling in Midtown Lincoln. And uh, <laughs> again, check of the radar. It looks like it's coming. It looks like it's coming and getting close here. Uh, ho- hopefully by uh, about half hour from now, we should have a little rain falling in the capital city, but we will see about that. Um, if you didn't hear in Caleb Sports with Big Ten Media Days approaching, Cleveland Plain Dealer does its media poll of Big Ten media members to figure out, just kind of read the room in terms of what expectations are from the media. And this certainly is not the holy grail. They've been wrong. They're wrong with something every single year. But I do still think it's interesting, guys, to sort of see what the perception and expectations are by the people who cover this most closely. And as Caleb reported earlier in the show today, Nebraska number five in the Big Ten preseason projections by the media who are surveyed by the Cleveland Plain Dealer. It goes in order for the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska at fifth, Illinois, and the Nebraska first opponent, Northwestern at seventh there. And so I'm not sure how y'all react to this exactly. I, I mean, I, I don't think there is probably a lot of, a lot of surprise or righteous indignation by this from Nebraska fans because I think they're probably in a place maybe where the, the media is with this thing as well, where you're kind of seeing, you know, yeah, it's hard to, uh, in, until you see it, it's hard to really, it's hard to really believe that things are are going to change this year. And I'm not saying they're not, but when you look ahead at the season, you've got a tendency to do that probably if you're a media member. But Caleb, I wanted to delve a little bit yeah. into you know what what it is driving the perceptions of all of these teams right now. Because if you ask me to rank the Big Ten West right now, I don't know what I do. Because I I know everybody goes with Wisconsin as the default, and truth of the matter is, yeah, Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin seems like they're pretty consistency consistently solid, but they haven't been going to the Big Ten championship a whole lot lately. Um, And they'll have a they'll have a good year, and then they'll have kind of a slightly above five hundred year. What was it a few years ago? They were ranked uh, in the top five in the preseason, and they ended up being just over five hundred for the year, and so. I don't know who I would go with. So I pulled up some of the numbers in terms of a couple of metrics. Okay. And this is evaluating who, how the team is carrying over from what you saw last year from them. Okay. 
So if you are going straight on returning starters, and I know that's not necessarily how you do ratings, but if you're going straight on returning starters, returning production, essentially, uh, it's probably a little deeper metric than just returning starters, returning production in terms of numbers. The pick is Iowa at this point. Mm-hmm. Iowa, 76% of their production returning. Minnesota behind them at 69. Purdue then at 67 uh, well, Northwestern at 65, Wisconsin at 62, Nebraska at 57, and then Illinois has the least at 51% right now. So Iowa looks like it there. Now, I, I pulled up another one from uh, the Action Sports Network, and they actually do what, they're, what they call a TARP ranking. This is returning production, but the TA stands for transfers and returning production. So they factor okay. in the transfer production that would factor in the players who have got experience and played and what that brings to it. That paints a little bit of a different picture. Now, it's still got Iowa the highest in terms of what they've got. I don't think they pulled in a ton of transfers this year, but I think they just have so much returning production that they were first. Their net tarp, especially on offense, was high, but their net was a six according to this rating scale. The only other team in the West, if I'm if I've got this right, that had a net positive tarp on this whole thing uh, was well, there were two of them: Purdue at two point five and Nebraska at point five. Mm-hmm. They actually rank ahead the Wisconsin's and the Minnesotas of the world on that one. So it's kind of starting to get clear how this breaks down. You you look at sort of the proven commodities mm-hmm. in the conference. And that's largely Iowa, slightly lesser degree, probably Purdue Mm -hmm. at this point. You've got Wisconsin with, you know, they got a very talented young running back. We saw a lot of last year. The thought is they reload on on defense and along the offensive line as well. Minnesota, it's kind of a combination of those things with them at at this point. Um, And then and then you get to to Nebraska where the question marks are. With this whole thing, and it, it, and that's without even getting into Nebraska's first opponent of the year, Northwestern, where they have really gone peak and valley. Right. Yeah. That that's the other thing as you, well. You, it's really hard, not just the whole division, but that one team right. trying to figure out because then that affects the rest of the division. So then you go through and take a look at you know what's the what's the most important position on the team, quarterback. And you kind of look at the quarterbacks in the Big Ten West, and you're like, okay, well, is there a, a really clear advantage at the quarterback <laughs> position? Outside of, I mean, I think you're probably saying Purdue's in the best position there. They've got Aiden O'Connell. Mm-hmm. He had a really good season last year, um, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, um, second in the conference yards per game last year. So he's a, I mean, he's a, a bona fide above average quarterback, I think. After that, who's the last great Big Ten West quarterback? Russell Wilson. That's what I was going to say. And even then, even then, was was Russell Wilson? Was that still legends and leaders though? Yeah, um, boy, that's a good question. Are there any of them? I mean, uh, like Clayton Thorson at Northwestern. I don't know. He played in the NFL at least a little bit, right? I, that's a that's a very fair question. It's a very weird thing with the Big Ten West is that. You don't have these high-profile quarterbacks right. on your teams that are typically winning the division. 
Yeah, you've got and, and you've got returning guys. I mean, you've got Tanner Morgan's been at Minnesota mm-hmm. forever. He's coming back for another year. You've got Graham Mertz at Wisconsin, who I mean, passing mediocre at best. Well, he played his first few games against just god awful teams, right? And he was it was like, oh, there's some oh, Heisman Heisman hype, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute, this dude is very average. Iowa couldn't decide on their quarterback last year. They're probably going to settle settle on Spencer Petrus. Um, you know, led the team to the Big Ten championship game, I guess. So you've got <laughs> there were plenty of times last them. year Iowa was calling to just put out a jugs machine at quarterback, right? And and then Northwestern's bringing in this transfer from South Carolina. It looks like Brian Helsinki, mm-hmm. um, who didn't didn't play a whole lot last year, got unseated at South Carolina. He had some, you know, hype as him, hype around him as maybe a good good potential NFL quarterback, but. Really unproven, and so so for the for again, the most important position, you don't know across I, this entire division. It's not like outside of the boost Purdue gets from Aiden O'Connell and and maybe Nebraska, right? With the new guy back there, none of these none of these teams in the Big Ten West are getting a a bullet because of in the in the ratings because of the quarterback mm-hmm. at this point. So I continue to go back to this question. So what is it? <laughs> Like what? Did you delve into the schedule? I mean, maybe, right. maybe that's it. May, maybe that's it. And Nebraska, as we talked about earlier, Caleb, for once, seemed to get a little bit of a gift from the Big Ten scheduling gods, which it feels like they rarely do. Yeah. Well, it's finally because think about last year, you went Ohio State and Michigan, right? Yep, you got them both last year. You get Michigan this year, no? And, Ohio and, State. Well, and Michigan State and Michigan State. Uh, now, for, for Wisconsin, they have to go to Ohio State. It's their first conference game. <laughs> is uh, September 24 against Ohio State. They have to go to Michigan State. I think that's a benefit, by the way, getting that on the first yeah. game for Wisconsin. Yeah. So they do not they do not see Michigan on their schedule, mm-hmm. uh, does Wisconsin. Iowa, on the other hand, this year Iowa, Iowa gets it a little bit. They've got Michigan coming to town this year um and and Michigan you know smoked him in the Big 10 championship game last year so so they've got that they also have to go to Ohio State 2 weeks after that mm-hmm. so they got both Iowa uh I uh Ohio State and Michigan on their schedule so you know you you sort of set off whatever they've got in terms of that returning production with a a more difficult schedule uh, in this whole thing, and the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game is in Iowa City between the two of them for whatever that's worth, yeah. As well, so you know, I'm I'm just trying to find. So, like, if you were if if you were Caleb voting in this thing, and you had to be, we we're going to look back at it afterwards. It's got to be as accurate as possible. What are you thinking with this? So, I know we're going to go through the entire schedule game by game on Husker Hour here in a couple of weeks, but if right now, off the top of my head. I would I think I would probably go Iowa 1 Wisconsin 2 Minnesota 3 Nebraska 4 Purdue 5 Illinois then Northwestern Okay And I think part of that is there's a giant even with when when you add in like you were talking about the returning production plus transfers Right and here we can see that there should be some big improvements. But I have no baseline for this year's team because you can't look at last year at all. So it's very much a 
you have to show me something's going to go on. I already know I'm leaning in the realm of six or seven wins for the year, and that doesn't sound really sexy to people. Get to a bowl game, and that's going to feel real sexy for what this program's been in. So, man, I don't. It's so hard to 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 rank this this West Division when you've got the teams that should be up there, and then some of the teams that'll bounce up for a year, get out for a year, and then wherever the heck Nebraska is going to do. Where are you at? Um, I'm the schedule is interesting to me to factor into this whole thing. Yeah, like and Minnesota doesn't get. Ohio State or Michigan. Mm-hmm. When they come into Lincoln on November 5th, they they will have played Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois, Penn State, and Rutgers at that, that point. I think there's a decent chance when Minnesota comes into Lincoln on November 5th. They're first in the division. They're first in the division at yeah. this point. If, and, and they come to Lincoln at that point. I believe in their quarterback, frankly, more than more than Mertz or, mm-hmm. or more than Petrus for Iowa. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it with Wisconsin this year. I don't. And no. I, I know it's the default for everyone. Um, I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time not going with Minnesota when you factor the schedule in. Mm-hmm. I probably would go with Iowa in a vacuum, but when the schedule is, is, is out there, I think I'd probably go with Minnesota at this point as having the best chance. But, all of this said, make no mistake about it, the door is there for Nebraska if they can turn things around. This is a year where that is, it is ripe without a doubt for Nebraska. Now, of course, they got to win games. Mm-hmm. They have got to win games. But get out to 1-0 against Northwestern at this point. There is not, listen, guys, there's not a, there's not a juggernaut in this Big Ten West. No. Okay, Ohio State's a juggernaut. Michigan might be too, but Ohio State's definitely a juggernaut. Okay? You, you don't have that shoulders. in the division. They're head and shoulders above everyone, but there is not a team in the West on paper. If you play, if you play well, which you haven't been doing, if you play well, that you, you shouldn't be able to, you you know, you should be able to 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 beat. Right? There's but not a team in the executing. West. There's not a team in the West that Illinois or Northwestern cannot beat. Yeah, probably not. That's what the division is. Probably not. They'll probably do that at some point. Yes. The Northwestern always, always seems to figure that out, too. That first game, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Nebraska it's might dangerous. be favored. You might be saying, hey, Nebraska's facing that last place Northwestern team. But that is, every, it feels like every game is the biggest game. But that game for a sort of perceived bottom tier Big Ten West team is so wildly important to get a mm-hmm. win there. So wildly important, and we are four weeks away from game week, four weeks away from the team heading out there, four weeks and change from the first game here. Ooh. So you're going to Wisconsin, huh? or you're going to I'm Iowa? Going, huh? I'm going Iowa. Going Iowa. All right. Give me Minnesota right now, subject to change. I hate saying that so badly. <laughs> I hate, I'd rather they come in November 5th, lose Gross. to Nebraska, and Nebraska takes over at that point. And, then, <laughs> and Nebraska will be high up there at that point, too, hopefully, because their schedule doesn't get tough till after that. Yeah. Could be a big game on November 5th. All right, Tell K today with Jack and Friends. Good to talk some football on Lincoln's News and Talk 1499 3 KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, let's get it fired up. Your morning drive starting with... Number five. Authorities arrested a 22-year-old Lincoln man in connection with the murder of Benjamin Case. Case was murdered last Tuesday, late Tuesday night at Branch Oak Lake. It all uh, came uh, to a close about 9.15 Saturday evening. Sheriff's Office, Lincoln Police, Nebraska State Patrol arrested Taven Rick uh, at the parking lot of Nguyen Vapes, 2645 O Street. He's in jail, charged first-degree murder, use of a firearm to commit a felony, possession of a deadly weapon by a prohibited person, and terroristic threats. Well, now, it, the investigation is continuing. It so. took a while, but they um, got someone who they think is responsible for this. Not a whole lot more from police at this point, including including a motive, which is 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 still something that is, uh, is making you curious at this point, just because it seems so targeted at the time, very specific, very targeted toward uh, a single person. What's the history? How much does this tie into other things that have been going on as well? And so we will wait to hear that from the police department now. But, um, you know, job one was apprehending someone for this, and they were able to get somebody right in the right in the dead center of Lincoln after right. all this in the parking yeah. lot of a vape shop, apparently. Shop, apparently. Yeah. And there's a lot of them around. Yeah, there, there certainly yeah, but, are. You know, that's a busy place. Uh, a Saturday evening, Low uh, yeah. Street, uh, 2600 block. Uh, yeah. This is that's not really hiding out. No, it's, uh, a Saturday it's, night near Twenty Seventh and O in a parking lot, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, still working on uh, on the other uh, attempted homicide investigation uh, from the the week before as well, right. and no arrests have been made in that one. Not yet. The, so not we're that we're aware here. of. Yeah. Uh, LPD put out. You said this was just kind of came out in a statement yesterday. So this was the sheriff's office. Uh, that's right. The that, sheriffs were they are the, the, on this they one. are the lead agency on it. So. Yep. Theirs was the news release, um, and yeah, it came out shortly after five yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon that they had uh, had him uh, had him in jail. So, um, and and as you've mentioned a couple of times, we'll mention it again. Uh, the the family of the deceased Benjamin Case. It's, it's I, I believe the mother of his daughter has yes. put together a, a GoFundMe for funeral expenses. Uh, you can look for that at klin.com. If you can't uh, you can't find it somehow, just uh, message me and I'll get it to you as well. Um, but that is something for those who would like to be a part of donating to that. Um, and yeah, a, a sad story. Uh, I, I'm curious. I wonder what Branch Oak was like this weekend. I assume it was packed as it normally would be on a Saturday where it was a, a hundred degrees. You would people think, all over the you lake. Think so? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, moving on. Number four. Football season, at least the practice portion, underway this week. Team taking their contingent to Big Ten Media Days tomorrow, Fan Day tomorrow night. 
Uh, practices get going Wednesday. Guys, uh, what are the big questions that you want answered? Or what are the stories that are going to be coming out of fall camp? I'm going to start with offensive line. You're going to have to figure out a lot of what's going on there. You lose three starters. One of them you didn't find out about until just a couple of weeks ago. The other was a stalwart for you in the middle. Go second round in the NFL draft. That's Cam Jurgens. You wonder how much he was helping that offensive line be as good as they were, which still was not very good as a whole. So immediately go to the offensive line. Who's going to who's gonna be the guy who emerges at running back? Does everyone show up in the weight that they're supposed to be? Remember that that was a reason that we didn't get to see Jacquez Yant for a while because he showed up in fall camp overweight and they had to trim him down? Yeah, he looked like a beast, though, in spring. Oh, I, I know. So... Does, so ever, does everyone sh- raising canes again? <laughs> right. I'll leave uh, that to me. Yeah, that, <laughs> let, let's let us take care of that. Um, so, does everyone show up in the weight that they need to be to be ready to go to Dublin and, and perform at a high level? Yeah. So, there's two right off the bat for me. Mine, uh, well, number one is is always this time of year is stay injury free. Um, just yeah. get, ho- hopefully that you don't have any stories. Of guys who are who are key guys, and especially on that offensive line, Caleb uh, uh, injuries, and and keep that. I think that linebacking core, which I think is the heart and soul of the entire team right now, mm-hmm. um, they're they're back healthier than they've been. Uh, some of those guys had setbacks, weren't necessarily playing full strength, as we heard Barrett Rude talk about last week on on KLIN. So, so your you know uh, your your Rhymers, your Henriches, um, and 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 that whole crew, including the edge rusher, rushers, those guys as well. I, I just feel like they're the heart and soul of the team. That's kind of where the the leadership on the team now is going to be, and making sure they are all on the field. And, then, and, and is everyone recovered from the injuries that maybe kept them out of the spring? Yeah, what's what's happening uh, with with the uh, Thomas Thomas Fidoni? Fidoni. Yeah, what's what's his availability with this whole thing, and, and and is he able to to get going for Ireland or not? And then I guess the other thing is the other thing that I would have on my list. What you said, I completely agree with those those two. The only thing on my list is is, is Chubba Purdy thing. How is there anything? Is there is there a challenge going on there? Is that close? I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. Uh, yeah, how how close is it really between one and two, or even two and two, three. two and three and four? Yeah. Now how how far away is is Harburg from third or second? Is Smothers right a legitimate shot to be the actual to be number two be the backup is purdy really in a competition for number one right yeah that is my my other one and then hopefully hearing and then the other thing is is hopefully hearing that a lot of these transfers that they've got especially uh, at wide receiver and along the front four of the defensive line mm-hmm. or front three if they're in a three four uh that they're ready to become major contribute your Oshawn Mathis is of the word your Trey Palmers of the world Uh, if that turnaround that we've been depending on that we were talking about that has to happen for for Nebraska it's got the new infusion of the new infusions of players have to become contributors and big contributors right off the bat I said this on Husker Hour a couple times as we go through our position previews you didn't grab the guys in the transfer portal to sit I realize you got two at quarterback, so you expect them to be in competition for one and two right. on the depth chart. Right. But at a lot of these spots on offense, on defense, 
special teams, you are expecting those guys who were brought in to go be the guy at their spot. Think of all of them. Yeah, you, Casey Thompson, obviously, and, and to some degree, Purdy. But Trey Palmer at wide receiver, O'Shawn Mathis along the defensive line, a couple of the other guys along the defensive line, a punter, right? I a mean, bunch in the defensive backfield. Defensive backfield. There's there's almost no position that isn't isn't touched by that outside of tight you know, like linebacker, tight end. Yeah, it's uh, weird when you look across all the positions. It's like tight end lost a good one, but that is the one that you, it, you were not most interrupted with transfers coming in. Yeah, I would I would really say that the those are the re- two real. I mean, offensive line to some. Although they got the Oklahoma State kid who could yeah. get in the mix. So yeah, I'm excited, man. It seems early. I like I keep complaining about how far away football season is, but then when you were telling me uh, pra- practice starts this week, I was like, whoa, it's it seems early. For I that. think we made it through the where you can get the the, the July blues. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we kind of ran out of stuff to talk yep. about. We got picked up with USC, UCLA, and then it went, all right, now we're into it. By the way, fall is here. A week from uh, Thursday night, first NFL preseason game. First NFL preseason game. This is our final week. This is our final week without football being played in the NFL or college level until February. Fall is here. Marsha says to let you know, in case you need any, there is the Starbucks pumpkin spice. That's ready to go. Chris Nolatha says they have got a uh, one of their high V's. There already has Halloween candy out. Do they? I, that, that's how they do. That's how they roll in Kansas. <laughs> apparently, they're ready to jump into the season. Now, question: Are we going to get any idea what type of uh, offensive uh, plans and, and game strategy is going to be before yeah. Ireland? Uh, I mean, uh, that whole thing came up with Whipple last week, and and you'll get, you know, to the extent you can talk to the the. the Media isn't going to see practices, so we're, we're going to get to see. There's two of them where we will get 30 minutes, and that's just them warming up. Not a lot is the answer to your question. All right, yeah. So it'll be pretty much put on display, and we will see if it is the uh, pass attack for Nebraska, or maybe a little bit something more well balanced. What time's I'm, game time out of Dublin? 11:30 Central Time for us here. Woo! I believe that's about 5:30 there. Don't forget. We're not long for the Friday Husker tailgate either, that means. Ooh, that's get coming up. Brandon Stott to get back in here. Number three. Average U.S. price of regular grade gasoline plunged 32 cents over hey. the past two weeks, Four fifty-four. I actually saw it under $3 on Saturday in Omaha. Uh, gas industry analyst Trilby Lundberg, Lundberg survey says the continued decline comes as crude oil prices have dropped. The average price pumped down 55 cents over the past six weeks. Still, though. Don't forget, it's a dollar thirty-two higher than a year ago, and almost two dollars higher than. We remember, we, we hey, you know the interesting thing about this, Mark, is a, a part of this is there's an anticipation of lower supply because of the economic situation that that is seen as coming. Yeah. Um, that, that I mean, that's a. <laughs> I mean, demand it's kind is, of a good news, bad news yeah, thing. It's, demand is or demand. I should say. I said supply. I meant demand. Um, well, and they expected a lot of the uh, uh, supply from Russia to be cut off, and it hasn't right. been. Right. And I don't know if OPEC's going to jump on more extensively here to, to up production, and that's going to send this thing to a newer level. But that's driving a lot of it now. So it, it is a good news, bad news situation when you're talking about the economy that, yeah, you are starting to get down a little bit more. Re- still not where you were, like you said a while back. But 
a big part of it is because there's there's kind of a forecast of a of an economic downturn. Uh, yeah, you got a couple of places in. You still got to go. It looks like to the membership clubs to get under under four dollars. Uh, otherwise, we're looking at the four four nineteen ish, maybe four. I, there's one at four oh nine. As I'm looking at Gas Buddy right now, the Sap Brothers there uh, in whatever it be La Vista. You know, right there off yep. on the interstate. It was three ninety nine on Saturday Ooh. when I came by. All right, I'm driving out there to get gas today. Probably not. Number two. After unanimously passing in the Senate a bill to make daylight saving time permanent, hit a wall in, oh. the, in the House. Disagreements over the language and a general consensus that other matters take precedence as the House grapples with high inflation, gun massacres, judicial threats on abortion, marriage equality. Uh. Frank Pallone, chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, explained it this way. Quote, I can't say it's a priority. We have so many other priorities, but it doesn't mean because it's not a priority that we're not trying to work on it. We are. If we can accomplish anything, it wouldn't be until the fall. End quote. Uh. Come on, this this was like March when the Senate did. I was on vacation when when this happened over spring break when the Senate passed it. Yep. you guys can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> well, I I don't well, know. It is Congress. That's true. <laughs> that, that's true. When it get, what's the thought when it gets? Assuming it gets to the floor in the House, uh, and I don't know what the. I really honestly don't know what the what the like political divide on this is, left versus right, or if there is one, but. Do you, do you think, Mark, it gets to the House that this thing goes through and this actually happens? I just don't see it happening. You know, there's just too many parts of the country that in the wintertime, it affects kids going to school and being in the dark uh, so so it, late in the it, morning. The Senate loved it. The, the Senate loved it. So why would the House be all that different? Uh, it's got a slightly different political makeup, but I again, I don't know how that would really impact their thought on daylight savings just, time. Just leave it at you know hey, regular time they're going to there's going to few or want to get and get this vote in before midterms build their campaign around it <laughs> as an incumbent right right my, my, what do you think mike flood comes back to lincoln in october 2022 and says uh, uh hey i am the congressman who who personally <laughs> stopped the change or created the change i don't know which way he's going to vote on it for daylight saving time forget all the culture war issues right now this is what I'm campaigning on. I'm past even it having to be daylight saving time around the clock. Just give me one time year round. Just go with you that. You don't care which it is. At this point, no just make one happen. And I'm and I'm just at the point, never have it be dark at 4.45 p.m. That's all I... That's, I think, that's hey, they don't I'm care at. as long as the kids have light before school. They don't care what time the sun is. That's, that's my top sun could priority. set at one thirty p.m. as long as they've got light before school. Yeah, and that's no. that's the problem with daylight saving time in the winter time. You get into Minnesota and it doesn't get dark uh, or doesn't get light until late nine o'clock in the morning. What's it like in Juneau? Dark. Yeah, they make well. Do. They can they figure it do. out. You don't like the state flag in Minnesota? Move to Iowa. All right, stop it. <laughs> Just how's it work in Canada? I was a couple miles I bet they away get from it there. Done I bet a lot of places, fine. and I bet they got better mental health because at four forty-five, it's not dark when you're driving home from work. Get that out of here. What get- what what are the schools like in the uh, the Slavic countries? 
What are the schools like when you get to uh, Northern Europe? I'm going to propose an amendment. Uh, I'll call Mike Flood later today to a bill that just adjusts the clock so that the sun sets every day at about 8.15 or every, 8.30. So no every, matter every day the clock every moves. Every day the clock moves to get the sun to set at about 8.15, 8.30. No. I'll give you a range of 8.15 to 8.30. That is the ideal let's, time for the sun to set. Let's, in the, in the wintertime, let's make it 7.30. No, I, I don't care if it gets uh, sun doesn't come out till noon. I'm worried about okay. the night. All right. I could go along with that. All right. That'd be good. Ben says uh, one time for the entire country like China. Yeah. Is that what they have in China? Yeah. That sounds like China. Although it's probably very efficient. Hey, I'm not having to do any math when they come out with game times and they put it Eastern time anymore. Or you you make a trip to Arizona for spring break and you're like, I have no idea what time zone they're going to be on. I got to figure this all out for the flights. It could be anything. Number one. A key piece of memorabilia from Muhammad Ali's boxing career sold for a knockout price auction. Late heavyweight champs title belt from the 1974 Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, What do you think it brought? Uh, 6.18 million. Didn't let me get. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that high. Really? Yeah, 6,180,000. Heritage Auctions in Dallas reported the bid placed by. Indianapolis Colts owner Jay, uh, Jim Ursay. Er, Jim Ursay won it? Yep. Really? All right. So this is when he knocks out George Foreman. Yep. Um, this happened honestly, in Zaire. A lot of people buy these at auction, like these memorabilia items, like the the written lyrics to the, uh, what was it, the Eagles had that or, or, or whatever. All these sorts of things. Of all of those things, I think Muhammad Ali's belt from this may be the coolest. You know why? You can wear that thing around, <laughs> right? Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with written lyrics by the Beatles or by you the just original? Just pull it out of your wallet, right? Or like the original, uh, uh, you know, the original State of the Union address or something like that. Forget that. I'm showing up to work if I'm Ursay Monday morning. Showing up to the Colts offices and I am putting that thing on. <laughs> Have you ever bought any memorabilia from people? You know, I haven't really bought it. I just kind of collected and, and got my own. Well, uh, I used to collect baseball cards, but that's about signed. as far as that went. Yeah. You ever have uh, a, buy, buy a signed? I don't, it, uh, I don't think I bought anything like that. Why? Just curious. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, don't think I so. thought maybe your uh, vacation home would be adorned no. with... Caleb has. Yeah, I got an Irving Fryer jersey downstairs. Got a couple oh. others. Yeah, talk to him about that. Six million dollars he paid for that. All right, seven fifty-seven. You can wear that around. Six and a half. Seven fifty-seven. Telling K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Thanks for waiting to turn my mic on until I stop singing. I've not been one known on this show to sing into my mic. 
There's, there's. No I was thinking of the that. people. Thank you. We'll save that for Fridays. Fridays <laughs> only, not Mondays. Nobody can handle that on a Monday. To I still had to listen to it. To, for Tim's yeah. theme music. Sorry, I can't my do head, anything My headphones you. were not loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. You were, you were perfect. You were perfectly on pitch. Thank you. I, those are some tight harmonies. I think I nailed them. Uh, <laughs> very good vocal pitch control. How's your summer going, Tim? Man, it's are going you, going fast. It's been a, not the most fun summer I've ever had, but it's fun. Yeah. We've had sickness. I don't know. I did the COVID thing you for a couple weeks. You did the COVID thing. I didn't want to break your uh, HIPAA rules, even though they're not, not mine to break. <laughs> it's, it's my HIPAA. That's not, not really, not really how I, it works. But they, nobody nobody really cares about how it works. They say it wrong all the time, so I can't I. Probably uh, should have told the, I mean, I, I did one phone interview from the depths of my basement with yeah. you, I think, on a Monday morning. I didn't, I didn't break your... Hacking up COVID. I didn't break your news. All over my house. So, I mean, breaking news. I mean, now the it really shows how things have changed. Now the president has it, and it's like, okay, well, well yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was not fun. I did. I did. I had. I it was harder. The COVID thing was harder for me than I expected in terms of. You know, I'm not. I'm not the most. I'm not a picture of health, but I run. Right. I've been time. cardio. Cardio shape. I run three to five miles a day, and um, it put me down for you know, four good days of bad, bad stuff. And I started to come out of it, and you know, it was about a week. About a week. Do but, I get some kind of an award if I'm the last person on earth <laughs> not to have COVID? <laughs> Didn't you have it early? Right. Like, no, I right never away? had it. I have never had it. Uh, I, when we didn't know anything about it, I had to stay home because I had pink eye. That's what I was going to say, wasn't it? it? <laughs> and then I had to stay home a couple of times. Uh, the second time was because my wife and daughter had it, and I was close contact. But my all-star immune system, bolstered by vaccines, I suppose. I, I don't know if I needed them or not. My all-star immune system and that of Caleb and Mark ha- are so far still undefeated. I think we, I just feel like it's it's uh, some sort of a. Like a bingo card, right? And it keeps narrowing down the people who are available. <laughs> I was I was pretty proud of the fact that I had not had it for was ever. That your first time? Yeah, it was my first time. Uh, I, I and and I'm not. I mean, I have a pretty social job, right? So, mm-hmm. um, out and about generally, uh, and and not having had it, I just kind of assumed I had like a mild case and didn't know it, um, or something like that. But I'll tell you, it was this. I think the second sickest I've been, probably in terms of sickness, wow. right? Um, I had one bout of strep throat when I was in college that I think was worse. Strep throat. I got some of that about when I was in my twenties too. Bad stuff. And that put that was not fun. Um, but this the, uh, here's the thing. Outside, the COVID was fine, right? You do your five days or whatever. And, and then, you know, you're quarantined for 10 or whatever. I wore a mask around the house for the kids and stuff. But we have two very young children at three and one and a half. Not let it like them not being able to go to daycare because they were exposed to me was probably the worst oh, part. Man. I feel bad for I was going to say, not the worst part for like, you. Like Rachel and I, you know, I'm in the basement and I can hear, <laughs> hear the little pitter patter feet upstairs. And every time there's a scream or somebody hits their head or whatever, uh, Rachel with 10 days with two kids oh, alone. Wow. Um, well, Tim's in the basement. Them. Feeling sick with uh, with uh, uh, chicken soup and just streaming the <laughs> heck out of Netflix. Just, oh, if there's just busting the Netflix account, I've seen so. It's really it's really funny with all of the streaming and stuff at your fingertips. You run out of stuff pretty fast. <laughs> that seems stuff impossible. That's at all interesting. That seems impossible. There's you, a lot. That, there's a lot of bad content out there. <laughs> that you finally get a chance like, to no, get to it. You no. finally get a chance to get to it. Well, we're glad you're better. 
Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. So, doing good. but I'm, it took up. That's taking up a lot of our summer. Yeah. So that's, that yeah. that knocked out two weeks of it, and then we've had other other stuff. The boy had a cold for a while, and oh, I'm sorry to hear your summer sucks. That's ah, so, okay. Hey, you it's know what? Bad. It is it's almost it fall. Is. It's almost yeah. pumpkin spice season. Uh, it's still July. It's almost football times. So uh, I'm told. practice coming up in three days. Uh, two days, uh, very soon. I don't want to hear your football takes. We you're still t- have cool weather for a, it. You're such a negative. You're, you're, talking to you about football is like is like uh, one of the more depressing things I've ever encountered. So <laughs> I, don't want, I don't need to bring everybody down on a Monday. Oh, I didn't watch the game. I went for a jog. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I do so much less stress. But anyway, I do have I, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Mark has been reporting on on this uh, signature gathering effort that is now out at the city. Like I saw signature gatherers at the farmer mark, farmers market the other day. I was like, do they know that the state ones are over? I didn't realize. Probably was for the city for the fairness ordinance getting it. Yeah. Uh, now on the ballot, it's been, I mean, we've been through every up and down on this thing and we've talked about it from kind of the policy perspective, um, and, and some of the, like it, the interest within the LGBTQ community and different positions on it. But I want to ask you more from a, cause you understand, I know the process with this whole thing. So as I under, understand it, uh, pass it on 2012 petition drive happened. They got the signatures, then they did nothing with it. And <laughs> Uh, I don't know whether that was, and they were supposed to or could have done that. I still don't have a clear answer on that. Then they pass it again in 2022. There's a petition drive. They then decide to pull it back, actually, this time, which they didn't do in 2012. But now we've got another petition drive to actually get it back on the ballot. Did I summarize that right? And what are the implications of that procedurally? Yeah, I. so... We've had kind of a bit of a a couple. I don't know. I don't know if false starts is the right term for it. Where the city council acts, um, the the coordinated effort. I think this time around was a little. It, it's kind of hard. Coordinated effort in opposition to the city council's action. Right. So rewind to 2012. They the city council puts it out there. The the petitioners then petition to to remove it or to, well, to allow a vote on it, right? To say that the city council can't just put this ordinance in place. We're going to double check that and make sure that the people actually want what the city council is trying to do. Um, And then you had that weird situation where after the petitioners got the signatures to put it to a vote, the city attorney kind of opines, Look, you don't have to do anything with it. So it was, it was still in, but it, they never, never put it on the ballot, right? So it never became effective because of the fact that that, that petition was done. You fast forward to 2022 then, right? Things are, things were stagnant for 10 years, <laughs> right? Nobody does anything. Uh, the city council comes out with the new version of it, puts it again, passes it at the city council level. The petitioners very quickly, right, and in a very coordinated effort, and that's a really short window too, um, to do it. Get the signatures, and again, and yet again, the city council decides we don't know if we want to go to a vote on this thing. And I hear what you hear, what what you what what I pick up, kind of in conversations about it, is this real question of of whether or not it's good for either side of that debate to actually find out what public sentiment is on it, right? So if you put it up for a vote and and the community overwhelmingly says, no, we don't want the fairness ordinance, there's at least some concern, and we heard it from from the activists who supported pulling it, right, before, mm-hmm. um, that that could set the LGBTQ community back. Um, now you have a very low, vocal 
portion of that community who says, look, we deserve these protections. Let's put them in place. I, I don't know what the answer is politically, and I think part of it is I've never seen polling or heard it. I've asked if there's some out there from some folks. Um, people kind of talk around it, so I don't know if it exists. I just I don't know if anybody has a real good finger on the pulse of what people, what the average voter thinks about um, on this sort of an issue, and and particularly the language that it, that you have. I know you've talked about this, and you and I have talked about it on air and off mic too, or off air. Um, just like, like, do people do pe- have people really thought through it? Do they know what it means and what the implications are? Are there different ways? What do other com- other communities what they have done with this issue? Um, but I'll tell you the the procedural posture of this: the city council doing something, and then the voters checking it, and then the city council never giving the vote <laughs> the voters the right to decide. Yeah. Like, I'll tell this is a weird. Who wants to do what here? This is it's a weird, just, endless cycle, right? It is. It really is. Wiley, I mean, Coy- Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, right? Uh, and the issue is a tough one, like to a certain extent. That it's very polarizing, and and people have very strong. But what's ne- <laughs> like the fact that like you know what what's the next issue that comes up that this is something that. Here's that the thing. Happens. I, I feel like both sides have to believe that it is not going to pass if it goes to the polls, which is, I, I mean, just analyzing the strategy here from both sides on this. I think they, they must, I don't know if they have polling or if that's a belief. Maybe it's an I- inaccurate belief, but that's what they're sort of, that's what the discussion seems to indicate they believe, I think, at least the majority on, on both sides of this, which is a bit surprising, maybe, given how Lincoln tends to vote now i I hear what you're saying i sort of have a different reaction like i have a i I think i have a it seems to me that the disagreement about how the vote comes out is on the side that would support the protections right so is is within the lgbtq community it doesn't seem it's it it, it does you know the folks who circulated the petition to the the twice they want to go to the vote because they they want to win they think think yeah that's what i'm saying they they think that it's clearly in their favor and that these i feel like both sides are other than this this the contingent that is you know the the kind of the sandra washington and and the group who wants to see it on the ballot that's the that's the only group that seems to be strategizing in a way that actually thinks it's going to pass yeah yes i think that's i think that is accurate yes (laughs) which which just on a on a blank slate looking at how lincoln has voted in terms of you know parties and those sorts of things maybe is not what you would expect or did the or did the rhetoric around this whole thing would the campaign leading up to it have such an influence and you you know you get it on a a ballot, a major ballot where there's big turnout and, and I think it's maybe that, it doesn't. I don't know. I think know. it's that last part that you mentioned there, Jack, that sort of drives some of the conversation or at least some of the strategy about this discussion. Um, you, you're walking into a general election in a mid-year where, heck, we may have a Trump presidency announcement coming just to, just before the November elections. Um, that throws a wrench in the gears in terms of the national hype around who's turning out to vote in November. There are a lot of seats on the ballot outside of the question of whether or not we have these protections in place in city ordinance, right? You've got a number of legislative seats that are up um, in the Lincoln-Lancaster County area. You have, you have, a, you have a number of other high-level elections. Um, 
your county seats that are open, your county attorney race that is polarized in, in terms of a Democrat versus Republican and how an issue like the fairness ordinance affects turnout um, and how an issue as polarizing and as charged as the rhetoric that surrounds that can be. I mean, it can drown out a campaign, right? It can drown out any other messaging or any other issue you're talking about to a certain extent. Um, I know there's going to be a lot going on, but it's just there's a real question out there, and I don't know what the answer is. I mean, you, you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but the question of will there be a special session on the on the abortion issue in the wake of the overturning of Roe, I think there's a lot of people who, like we, like we discussed, don't know how that affects turnout and electoral politics to a certain extent. We're, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse, though. With the numbers that they've got to get and the timing, and I mean, is it likely they're going to get the signatures? Yeah, that, I don't. The ballot? that I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, we've had a lot of, I don't know. They don't have a lot of time to, to do this. I, I think Mark reported it's the deadline's coming up here in, in not too long from right now. So we'll see. That'll control the whole thing. Okay. You mentioned real quick, we got it. We got to go, but I, I do want to ask this. And this is totally not to- typically what I ask because I, I don't like to dwell way too far into <laughs> national politics, but I think you'll enjoy this question. Who is Mike Pence's presidential uh, voter exactly? He's apparently right. Can you define for me the Mike Pence voter? And maybe even just identify one person. Who does Mike Pence think will vote for him? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Who is that person? You got to be, you'd have to be targeting moderate suburban Republicans who. Do not like Donald Trump, but and that and that would be that has go got to in, be. He's barely going to go in on Trump, and then uh, I mean, he, I don't know what rail he's riding right now between these various things. But he's not going never Trump because he can't. But he's also not going. But he also you know is running from the crowd. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's going to try and I don't think he's going to win the hang Mike Pence vote necessarily. <laughs> so I, mean, I feel like the I mean, sh- might, maybe I, he can maybe I feel like the ship has sailed on that one. So I'm in that block of voters. <laughs> uh, hey, I look, there is there is a there's a lot, you know, I mentioned the the potential Donald Trump announcement coming up. That's and, what made me think of this. And and if if Donald Trump runs, I think that puts a lot of people in in tough positions. I think there's going to be a lot of folks who throw their name in the hat and I think we're going to have even if Donald Trump, the 800-pound gorilla out there runs, I think you're still going to have you know, eight other people who think who are going to test the waters on a candidacy, do run some trips, you know, yeah. float their name, give whether they those, actually announce. Give me those 14 podiums in an air, airport hangar <laughs> with Trump up there and give me some popcorn because that's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> Reality yeah. TV will be <laughs> on the All debate right. stage. Thank you, Tim. I got to go. Uh, we got sports coming up next. Have a good one. Uh, twenty-six KLIN. Waking up the capital city with the help of Nitro Cold Brew Coffee from Broken Rail Beverage Company. This is 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 837, 69 degrees in the capital city. Chris Loffman gave me it's raining, the it's raining signal outside the window a few minutes ago. So. Mark came and told me too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like uh, everyone there, in the building. There is a buzz, know. a palpable buzz at the building right now because <laughs> <laughs> stop the presses, break into programming. Rain is falling in Lincoln, Moisture! Nebraska. Yeah, and uh, and the temperatures are in the 60s. It's beautiful. Uh, we should do the we should do the last segment outside today. That'd be good. Deal. Be right. You you carry the electronics for one last five minute segment <laughs> after we finish our uh, our interview right now. Mark shaking his head. Uh, no, he says no. Uh, <laughs> co- cool event in Lincoln. I've been a part about uh, this in the past, um, and it's uh, something that's coming up here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to hear a little bit more about it right now. Gene Dale joins me from Ignite Lincoln. First of all, Gene, we'll start with you. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing great, great, doing great, great, and uh, and I'll start with you, and then I'm going to have you introduce Amanda. But but for people who don't know what Ignite Lincoln is, uh, tell us a little bit about what this event is and how it works exactly. Sure, sure. Ignite started in Seattle, probably in the early 2000s, and gives an opportunity for people to get up in front of an audience and in five minutes, twenty slides, share their passion. It started here in Lincoln about 2010. And uh, we've had, this will be the 14th Ignite, where people get up at the Rococo, 20 slides, five minutes, and and get to share things like, uh, for example, this year, Toot, an immigrant from uh, Sudan, is going to share about coming to this country, not knowing the language, and uh, developing himself. So this time in his life, he's uh, really working at building community here in Lincoln. So is there, is there kind of a theme that combines all these? How do these people get up there to speak? How does that work exactly? How do, how do they get chosen? Well, they get chosen because they, they apply, and it's ironic. And, uh, you know, my cohort, Amanda here, why don't you tell what happened when we got the speakers together yeah. Amanda Sweet, one of the speakers. Table. Amanda, welcome, by the way. Glad to have you here. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. Glad to be here. And so I guess to speak a little bit about how the application process went, which is one thing you asked, was I just had to submit a video, tell a little bit about who I was and what I was trying to do. And it took me about 20 shots to get that video, but I got it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of deleted files. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so basically what I'm talking about is I wanted to try to figure out how Nebraska's help solving the world because people are freaking out about all the problems that are facing our communities Mm -hmm. so like the wildfires are ripping across the state and so one thing that i did to try to help solve that was gather the organizations that are actually doing something about it and i realized that it's either insane or awesome project to do because there are over 575 organizations that i mapped out And I did that like across different categories and then put together little information pages and like this awesome goodness to like 
start promoting these different topics, getting people involved and good times. <laughs> yeah. what, what, but what motivated you to do it, to, 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 to try something like this, to do this? I was sick of the world. <laughs> Listen, not an uncommon sentiment these yeah. days. And, and, and actually has some positive impact, I suppose. Yeah, Instead it's of the constant, you know, yeah. that, that, that constant feeling of, of negative impact from so many things. And like, I just started surrounding people with stories of how the world doesn't suck. Yeah. And how people are like actually doing something about it. Yeah. And then as people started reading through these stories and were just like basically immersed in them it seemed to get better yeah what it got it, better for me tell me about yourself what is your 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 background oh i'm a librarian yeah yeah and no one ever believes me when i say that i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> well they don't believe there are actual librarians or just because you're like really loud what is that? i don't know what it is oh, we exist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i don't know what it is maybe they just don't expect librarians to like deal with data or they don't expect librarians to like talk <laughs> i think that's it right it, it's the idea that you're you that you the expectation that you're going to be whispering yeah. the entire time um uh gene tell us i i know you, you you talked a little bit about uh um some of the acts and and, and I, acts isn't the right word but speakers and 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 tell us a little bit more about them and, and then just kind of the feel when you've got uh, and I'll go back to Amanda on this in a second here, but just the, the you got a clock running, you got five, I mean, you got five minutes, you just got a few slides. Like, this is very finite. There's yes, a, yes. Like, the, the economy of information here is a tight one. It is, it is. Uh, and uh, and I was going to say, you know, getting back, first I was going to say, when we went around that table, we could just sense we're talking about community and bringing people together and, and uh, sharing our passions. And, you know, you talk about... You know, some of the, the other speakers, uh, Dana, who owns a bike shop in town, has a passion for building uh, ridership in Lincoln, particularly uh, for, for kids after school. He mm -hmm. wants to get kids after school, involve them in bike programs so that instead of getting into mischief or doing something else, they're on a bike. Many times with other family members or their parents. And, and, it's, and it can be a competition, but it can just be a friendly ride. He's passionate about about building that that ridership among the youth. This has been fourteen years. This has been going on. Is uh, this right? is the fourteenth. About oh, twelve years. We doubled up a couple yeah, of years. Doubled up. What What is the impact, man? What do you hope the impact is? Going the impact, forward? I think, for people that are there, they're, they're so blown away. Some people are there for the first time, and my gosh, they hear things about Lincoln in a positive way. They, they hear about uh, uh, bringing people together, about getting mentors for people, about about the different... Uh, we've had one in the past that talked about uh, vinyl records. There's a vinyl record mm -hmm. place uh, here in town. And so what is neat about it is it talks in a positive way about what Lincolnites are doing, and it helps people connect. Mm -hmm. It brings people together. Instead of all this... I, I told the speakers at the table, it seems like, you know, you get all this negative, you know, Republican, uh, Democrat, you know, so much bitterness. Well, there, all that is gone. We are people. We're Lincolnites, and we're here to learn. We're here to, to get something uh, 
to help us be a little bit better to our fellow Lincolnites. Uh, I, 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 uh, that is that's needed, and the divisiveness is everywhere. And you got a lot of people who are who are trying to to divide and and profit off of it. So I, I applaud I applaud Ignite Lincoln for doing this. I, I'm curious, Amanda. So I like you know I have 15 minute segments or, or less, and Caleb, as Caleb knows, I I can't keep it within that most of the time, and he has to start playing music, so I'll stop talking. <laughs> How much do you have to edit and uh, and knock this thing down to get to five minutes in the prescribed number of slides? How hard of a process is that? I haven't finished it yet. (laughs) I've probably revised it about 12 times now, and I practiced it, and I'm still about three minutes over. I usually mention this topic in, like, 50-minute blocks. And I just like had to squish it down. You got to get all yeah. the good stuff in there, like uh, yeah. the, you got to. It's it's a like I said, it's a tight economy for words, isn't it? But it's a good challenge to have, though, because yeah. like in the elevator speech thing, you usually have like I think the rule of thumb is you have like a sentence or two before people just like glaze over and zone out. Yeah. So if I can do it in five minutes or less, I'll take it. Yeah. How do you use the slides to, I mean, to sort of work along with with that? Uh, I'll ask you, I mean, how, how you're going to do that and, and, Gene, how people have done it in the past. Because you do have a visual to, to help you with that time, but still, it's a limited amount. I don't want to stress myself out too much trying to actually match along with each different slide. So, like, just right off the bat, I'm just going to say, the slides are a recommendation. They're a guide. <laughs> They're decorative. <laughs> it's ambiance in the yeah. background, right? Right. They're pretty pictures. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, do, how do people use it differently, Gene, when they've done this throughout the years? Some people do it like that. Some people double up, so they're 15 seconds. They'll double up on slides. On my particular presentation at Ignite 5, I did 20 15-second speeches. Mm-hmm. So I had every slide, there was a little blurb i would give with every slide when i talked about running in lincoln and i would show different trails i'd show runners that might be had frozen uh uh, hair after a Mm -hmm. long run or whatever um so what's good about it is people can decide what's best for them Mm -hmm. and and uh so they have that the only the only caveat is 20 slides, five minutes. They, that they must have. And five minutes, they're done. So really, and when I coach them, I say, less is more. Less is more. Just get to the nub of what you want to share, and everything will go well. Yeah. There's no filler. You said, I mean, you, uh, and when I did this, this, when I am seated a few years ago, I remember it was just like content, 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 which isn't always there, including on, you know, hopefully not on this show too often. But yeah, there's, there's no filler in the entire thing, which is part of it. Uh, Gene, I know there's, uh, you, there's kind of been some affiliations, some fundraising affiliations with this too in the past. How does that work and, and what's happening That's this year right. with that? Well, in the past few years, we've, we've been privileged to, uh, give away about $10,000 at each of the, the most recent Ignite Lincolns, and it goes to five nonprofits. Uh, this year, the, the nominees uh, include uh, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, Neighbor Works, uh, Nebraska Stroke Association, Mental Health Association, and then there's a, a media uh, uh, association for Native Americans to get, get the word out for them. And it's just so gratifying that... Uh, Everyone gets something. The winner gets the most, obviously, 5000 And uh, if that's what we have again this year. Um, and so it's a great way for the community to come together and not only hear the speakers, but they get to vote at the end 
for uh, the winner of the nonprofit. So, so it's a, a good way to come together uh, like that also. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm curious, Amanda. Do you do you hope to come out of here, um, out of this, energized, feeling differently? You you kind of talked a little bit about how everything feels right now, and I can't disagree with you at all about that. But how do you hope you feel after not only speaking but kind of hearing this and being together in this crowd? It feels a lot better. I attended Ignite Lincoln last year, mm-hmm. and then after I attended, I kind of went out of my way to try to see if I could get up there, and I did. but no so far even hearing the stories like that they were talking about and planning made everyone feel better Mm -hmm. and it was like good times good times were had by all (laughs) yeah very good uh okay so uh gene what what do people need to know about about this year's event it's at it's at the rococo theater what else do people need to know it's at the rococo theater it's august 11th uh at 7 p.m and you can get tickets very easy at ignitelincoln.org. Uh, we have $10 tickets and $20 tickets, and the Rococo is a great venue yeah, to go is. to. No matter where you sit in the Rococo, there's just something special about that Perfect theater. venue for this type of thing. Yes, I absolutely. Yeah. We've been very blessed that they've hosted about the last uh, 12 Ignites there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I got to when I was emceeing. I got to. We were just talking about this. I got to hang out, and I just went around the corner and went to Barrymore's and waited while I was uh, <laughs> while I was doing that, which was which was very cool. Well, uh, great event, and I got the website right now, ignitelincoln.org, where you can check out. Yeah, I know you touched on some of the speakers, and we heard from Amanda, but you can look at all the speakers there, and people can find out if it's something that they uh, might be interested in, and and get those tickets there. It sounds like it's going to be a, another great event, guys, and I'd, I'd encourage people go out, come out of there, energized come out of there um making some uh making some connections that maybe you hadn't in the past and hopefully continue to do some good in the community not only for the nonprofits but for the people who are there and the mindset of the people who are there so it should be great thank you so much for coming amanda nice to meet you thank you so much look forward to uh hearing about your your uh, ignite lincoln presentation and gene good to see you again good thanks so you, much all right thank there you there it is ignite lincoln. not likely doing better than 75 degrees from channel 8 news i'm storm alert team meteorologist malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, in uh, streaming services, you don't need news. The NFL is launching a streaming service, NFL Plus, for mobile and tablet devices. Sounded exciting to me when I heard about it, Caleb. Here's what they say. The service will have two tiers. One is $4.99 a month. One is $9.99 a month. What the four ninety nine month per month subscription will get you? Here I am. I see this. I'm like, oh man, am I going to finally get Red Zone? Am I finally going to get all these <laughs> out of market games? For four ninety nine a month, you get live local and primetime games. If you go up to the nine ninety nine a month, you can get game replays. So if I'm understanding this, it's every if you pay four ninety nine, it's basically everything that you've already got access to or nearly everything you've already got i guess if you didn't have any kind of a cable service you aren't getting the espn game uh, on monday night and now thursday nights on amazon so i suppose that i suppose if you are someone who didn't have amazon and you wanted to get the thursday night games that's why you would do this but you're not getting you're still getting the chiefs and packers and broncos yeah. On Sundays during the course of the day, 
It's not like you're getting more. So if you've got rabbit ears, even mm-hmm. I don't, they're not called, they're not rabbit ears right. anymore. But if you've got an antenna or anything that gives you your local stations, you're getting the same. You're getting the same games that you're getting there. So I don't. Couldn't I just get Red Zone? Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, it's, it was significantly more expensive, but yeah, I think. If, if I, I, don't if don't I even, actually want to watch a bunch that? of games, can you even get that as a single add-on? I mean, it is. I, I mean, I, I love watching it, but it. I, I wonder if because don't you have to get? Uh, let's see. Um, don't you have to get that through one of the satellite companies? Okay, any their partners right now. Okay, YouTube TV does have a red zone or Spectrum or Dish. They're on more places now. Fubo, mm-hmm. Cox, Sling. Um, so you can you can get it on on any of those, but you're gonna you're gonna pay a lot more for that than you would for for something like this. Uh, Thirty five per month. That's the cheapest way through Sling TV Blue, but it's more expensive in other places. So, anyway, it's just more. I know we're all. But if you're at, actually trying to watch the games and not just the ones that you're most likely going to get anyway, that seems kind that of that used redundant. to be the Sunday ticket. Yeah, that you would do that and you would get those different things. So. Yeah. Streaming news and and uh, still waiting on Netflix potentially bringing out a commercial tier on this where they're going to have advertisements. Uh, in their programming, I don't know how's everybody going to adjust going back to advertisements for those who have been doing streaming services that don't have advertisements right now. How will we adjust it? Because uh, again, outside of on TV, outside of live sports and live news, there's almost no situation where I'm wearing at watching advertisements on TV. We have um, Hulu with ads, and it does okay. not, it doesn't bother me one bit. How long are the breaks? I don't know. Sometimes they're ninety. Sometimes they're like thirty. How, and and are they off? Like you're, you you watch? What no, do you watch it, on Hulu? It's going to be like every fifteen-ish minutes okay. or so. So it's it's, it's like not you're watching bad. TV show. Yeah. So not that bad. Okay. I didn't know what the the comeback would be on on that sort of a thing because even when I watch things that I on like for me we have YouTube TV and we'll we'll tape it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll tape. I say tape. There's right. no tape anymore. We'll DVR it, and you fast forward. You can still fast forward through that. Like I'm watching Yellowstone right now right. On, on DVR. Well, and well, so. I, there are times I watch. Uh, I just go to YouTube, just regular old YouTube, mm-hmm. and I'll watch videos, and they'll be longer. They'll be twenty, thirty minutes, sometimes an hour longer. Though some stuff I want to watch through. They've got ads that pull up. Yeah, that's true. They. Th- and they'll they'll pop in. You don't really know when they're coming in. They'll go just all of a sudden. They'll go ad coming in five, right. four. And I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> all right, uh, that's it for the show today. Thanks to uh, Gene and Amanda for joining us. Thanks to Tim Herza for joining us. Uh, and all your thoughts. Well, tomorrow's Big Ten Media Days. We get going to practice. Going to ramp the Husker coverage up tomorrow on the show. Uh, we are uh, we got some open time tomorrow on the show. We're going to have to bring Top Five Tuesday oh, back here. Top Five Tuesday. It's going to be a Top Five Tuesday. A little bit. Uh, later in the week, of course, what, cha- what chaps your hide Wednesday? Caleb's getting married on on Wednesday. I'm going to try and be the DJ for Request Line Friday on Friday. Uh-oh. That is going to be interesting and hopefully entertaining, <laughs> and uh, a whole lot more. So we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Nine o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.